the Sheepcast. The date is August 5th, 2020, and I'm Max Park. This is our daily devotional and prayer on Colossians, and today's passage is Colossians 1, uh, verses 9 to 12. So let's look at verses 9 to 12, chapter 1 of Colossians. This is what the Word of God reads. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen. The Word of God. There's a lot to break down here, so let's take it verse by verse. Verses 9, 10, 11, 12, look at the components of the prayer uh, that Paul is extending onto the Colossians. And let's try to gain from this. So, verse 9 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, what he's referring to, of course, is verse 8. He was informed of the love of the Colossians in their spirit, uh, or in the spirit. And he says, We have now ceased to pray for you. Now, that's a just an echoing of, of course, uh, what he said earlier uh, in terms of his uh, prayerful attitude that was not ceasing towards them, right? I think that was verse 3. It says, praying always for you. And he continues on here to say, to ask, ask of the Lord that you may be filled. Okay, now here's where we need to break it down. First word, knowledge of his will, right? Maybe filled with knowledge of his will. This doesn't, of course, mean that we can just all of a sudden know everything that is to be because God has just bestowed upon us all knowledge that he has as well. This, of course, is just, um, it's almost hyperbolic in its language, but really what Paul is saying here is uh, knowledge in discernment, knowledge that is beyond the knowledge of earth, beyond the knowledge of earthly knowledge or worldly knowledge. The Greek word for knowledge, of course, is just the typical one that is used in in all of Greek (laughs) or uh, in the language. But he adds here an interesting preposition that sort of uh, magnifies the meaning of this word. He, let's consider it like an exclamation. It's an emphasis of this word. It's a greater, grander knowledge, a majestic knowledge, if you will. And he says this uh, of that, in all spiritual, and the word spiritual here acts almost as a modifier for the words wisdom and understanding. Because it's not earthly wisdom and it's not earthly understanding. What he what he means by knowledge of his will is spiritual wisdom, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Wisdom, of course, in scripture is identif- or is described and identified as the word meaning um, to have the experience and um, um, mental capacity to be able to uh, discern and organize. Um, Christian value, virtue, and principles uh, in a way that allows them to discern um, godly uh, choices in in circumstances, right? And so remember, if you turn back to Solomon, who asked for wisdom, he's able to make godly decisions um, and understanding. Understanding here, of course, in Scripture, meaning the application of that, uh, of those principles and values that uh, the person has gained wisdom in, right? So uh, understanding is an application, in a sense, of the wisdom. So in all spiritual wisdom and all spiritual understanding. So that's verse 9. Verse 10, so that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. It's classic Paul, walking in the Spirit. 
um, to please him in all respects. There's your end goal. There's the uh, conclusion that we want. We want to please God in all things, ultimately leading to the greatest pleasure of our life, being with God forever, bearing fruit in every good work. Now, bearing fruit is, of course, uh, not limited to um, just simply... You know, some people, when we hear bear fruit, we're thinking like physical fruit. So we're thinking like, you know, doing good works or um, sharing the gospel and having people come to Christ or discipling people. There's internal and external things. Bearing fruit in scripture is not limited to any one of these things, but I think it's the total composition of all these things or the cumulative composition of all these things, including leading people to uh, and witnessing Christ and leading people to faith. Uh, it includes, you know, giving honor and glory and praise to God. It includes giving your, being a good steward of the things that you have, right? Uh, giving uh, and extending uh, that which you have uh, for the sake of others. Uh, it includes, of course, living a God-oriented or Christ-centered life. It includes uh, the holy, uh, the the fruits of the Spirit that come uh, from the Holy Spirit Himself. Uh, Galatians five twenty two twenty three. You know them as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, all those all those things. The nine fruits of the Holy Spirit listed there. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of what we get here, right? That's uh, every good work, increasing of these things. And in the knowledge of God, he says at the end of verse 10. Knowledge of God, of course, meaning that um, spiritual... Okay, here's the thing, guys. Spiritual growth goes hand in hand with a growth in knowledge. So spiritual practice a growth in spiritual practice grow, uh, grows alongside spiritual knowledge they go hand in hand right as we know we begin to love as we know we begin to do um, and so they're not they're inseparable they're almost uh, parallels of one another so it includes um, you know a deeper love includes a deeper knowledge of God's word a deeper uh, passion for the Lord an action for the Lord stems typically from a greater knowledge of the Lord, right? And so we cannot, you know, some people are afraid of theology. Some people are afraid of doctrinal study. Um, you know, some people think that studying is, is a waste of time because, it's, you know, it's just, it doesn't benefit others. But it does. True godly knowledge um, benefits not only the person attaining the knowledge, but also the others that are around them. Verse 11, strengthened with all power, right? All power according to his glorious might. Um, and of course, we're not talking about some kind of physical strength, right? Or anything like that. But um, an ability, and we examine this in, in Philippians, of perseverance, right? It's, it's, a, it's a strength of the, of, that can only come from God that allows us to persevere in the midst of the most difficult times. It's a, it's a gift of endurance, if you will. Right of stamina in faith, so to speak, and not only that, um, but to do it joyously. I'm reminded of Stephen the deacon in Acts, where he is able to take on and endure uh, the greatest of persecutions. Um, you know, public flaunting, public mockery, shame, dishonor, and ultimately his death. And he's able to take it on joyously for the glory of God and for the glory of, um, or for the for the sake of his faith, right? Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Here's the credit that's being given unto God. Um, and it's just, you know, the word qualified is interesting here, at least in the English. It, whenever I see words like this that are uncommon in Scripture, I like to look at the Greek. 
Um, and it means really to simply, it just simply means to empower, to make sufficient, to authorize, right? And so God qualifies, of course, um, in and through only the, the work and the atonement and the obedience of Christ and the grace that Jesus Christ extends to all the world through his uh, penal substitutionary atonement and his work on the cross for our sins on our behalf to share, allowing us to share in this, in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's beautiful language right there. The inheritance, of course, uh, reminiscent of the inheritance that the Israelites received upon entering the promised land in Canaan, um, sort of a foreshadowing of the inheritance that we will receive when the kingdom of God is restored in the new heavens and new earth. In light, saints in light. What does that mean? Light in scripture has many different metaphors and things, but overall we can just kind of put them together and it's a divine truth to be in the light. Uh, the Gospel of John does this uh, the, perhaps the best. Uh, there are those living in blindness or in darkness and those who are living in sight, in light. And it's a divine revelation, a divine truth that the saints are gifted with. So this is the prayer of Paul. And this is my prayer for you today. And so let's kind of echo the sentiments and contents of this prayer as we live out this day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this day asking that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we may walk in a manner worthy of you to please you in all areas of our life, bearing fruit in all that we do, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all power according to your might, attaining for steadfastness and patience joyously in our hearts, giving thanks to you in all things as you've qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please check out our church Facebook page called Sheepgate Fellowship and our YouTube channel by the same name. You can join us in worship on Sundays via live stream at 12.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And the link for that is on our Facebook page. I hope the Lord blesses you this day and enjoy. God bless.